Well, it is. that's it. Done, <laughs> Caleb's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Prime Space. Holy shit. You want to get into it? All right. Here we go. Yeah. Did you do your vocal scales? <laughs> like uh, Leonard Nimoy? Leonard Nimoy taught us. Welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast delivering a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. And I, uh, my name is Aaron. I'd like to introduce you to my co-hosts. You know them as the 7th and 14th place contestants on <laughs> season 6 of American Idol. Uh, the fix was in. I, uh, I of course, am uh, Sparkle. <laughs> that uh, Just one name, like Cher, because it's classy. You deserve. You earned that. I did, and now, um, you know, spoilers. I'm going to be on uh, the new show, um, The Bachelor's with a Z. It's uh, not related to The Bachelor. Uh, Spinoff or not no, at all? unrelated, completely. Unre- it's a. It's an original that's never been seen before. Uh, it is. It's. It's me, and um, uh, there are these birds. <laughs> That uh, compete for my affection. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, would, uh, controversially, whichever one uh, gets kicked off, that's what we have for dinner. <laughs> uh, Caleb, uh, you were also on the uh, <laughs> season six. Let me ask you, Caleb. So, th- I mean, this was the season with heartthrob Sinjaya Malakar. Was he as cute and sweet and just all around dreamy as uh, he seemed on TV? Hmm. Um, I'd like to use a lifeline. Fifty fifty, you call a friend. All right. Well, you guys were great. Uh, <laughs> all of you guys were great on the show, but all of my votes went to him. So, mm. uh, hey, I've got a. We're by the way. Okay, this is episode twenty one. That's right. We've hit the twenties. I, I don't was, know if we celebrated that uh, appropriately. In my head, when before we went on started recording, I was like, let's try to make this a quick episode. <laughs> That's a great way to go into it. This is the prime Megatron yeah, battle. I know. Let's you can't just it. gloss it over. But hang on. So, uh, this is episode 21. We're covering minute 2001 to the 21 minute mark. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, before we get into the last episode, a quick note of thanks. iTunes reviewer. We got a new one? Doran Chapman, who says, These guys sure know Transformers. Cool. For awesome. realsies. Yeah. Five stars. All right. Thanks, Doran. You seem like a guy who would probably never be out of the house without an amazing, unique button t shirt or tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for your support. Last episode. So, uh, Dinobots, Outmatched versus Devastator. Pretty soundly yeah. rebuffed. Yeah, I don't know why that was so shocking to me. To, yeah, like, I mean, as a kid, it asses. didn't bother me really, but watching it now, I'm like, huh, wow, that really didn't go well at all. No, it was a dismal failure. <laughs> you think they could have Autobots could have brought some more guys to deal with this? <laughs> also, it goes back to that. 
Um, as shitty as they are, um, as shitty as they are being the Dinobots, Optimus Prime, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is a bad badass. Yeah, it's so awesome. Like I know I said this before, but just watching him kick ass is just so satisfying and enjoyable. Well, we'll see some more of that this episode. If if he was here at the very beginning, this war would be over sure. already. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, so um, where we left off, Prime was in truck mode, driving towards some Decepticons, knocking some out of the way, others dodging. And at a certain point right at the top, Prime transformed into the air with rocket rocket boosters coming from his thighs. He flies some 100 feet in the air. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, he blasts uh, Ramjet, Mm -hmm. uh, Thundercracker, and Soundwave. Yep. He turns right left. <laughs> the so the flames that come out of his thighs are just so awesome. Yeah, like, I don't know why or how. And I also like the way his trailer just kind of falls behind. Mm-hmm. So he blasts those three guys heartily, then kind of lands heroically at around twenty oh six. That's right. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how it like does show it kind of like sinking into the ground at twenty oh seven. He not many people know this. He was a Cybertronian level Olympic Olympic. Olympic gymnast? You want to take that joke again? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, moving We're going to leave it in. Just like that. So, Lance heroically, he, the illustration is kind of slightly from behind, and he is just fucking blasted. Yeah, so. and then, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, 12, or 2012 is whenever he, he hits uh, Dirge and Shrapnel. Shrapnel really gets fucked up in this one. <laughs> they just keep putting them put him in a line of danger. Does it seem like there's a little scoliosis or something happening here? I well, love the pose and the illustration, yeah, but something you, seems off about if it. If you really pause it, like at 2010, and also even before, his head is not where it should be. It's a, it's a really like just strange configuration that again works in motion but if you stop and look at it very strange like configuration of how his body moves also his rifle in this is different i can't get a handle on what's supposed to be happening with it it's well it's 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 side it's kind of a, he's holding it like at a vertical yeah see and he's it's, like side like side arming. well i think because the rear end of his gun you know even in the toy has that massive back end on mm-hmm. it and if he was to hold that gun try to hold that gun straight it, it it's in inca- he's incapable even though he, of holding even it though straight. he does that flying through the air seconds before <laughs> he was holding no, his arm straight but while he wasn't he was holding it double handed that way yeah he was kind right. of holding it at, well, anyway I, it's not a big deal it's just that it looks weird <laughs> maybe he's holding it and you never really see him hold it double handed up no, until now uh-huh. either so yeah. maybe it's just to the level of concentration required he's just like every shot oh, he's counts just, it's, it's like it's Rambo style, dude. I do also love so the next um, the next shot. It's essentially almost like gun first person perspective like view. It's and, basically like Doom. Yeah, and he uh, yeah to Ryan's point, he blasts dirge and kickback and oh that uh, is kickback. I said shrapnel. That's, that's okay. That's shrapnel Drops. gets it too. <laughs> yeah, he hit shrapnel <laughs> in right. a truck mode. That gets kickback. I mean, crack, kickback had his goddamn head crushed. Did he just kill? So. All, did he just kill all of them? No. Uh, severely debilitated, I would say. Okay. With the exception of Soundwave, Soundwave. <laughs> which seems like uh, like a weird... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. So um, so Prime steps through the forcefully opened entrance to the city where he finds Megatron. Which, the shadows, the light and shadow in this is just so awesome. Like, again, we keep saying how much the animation's cool, but like at 2015... On both Megatron and Prime, the shadows and cell animation are so cool. Like, it's very dynamic. Absolutely. Um, 
So they exchanged some dialogue. Ryan, do you want to uh, <clears throat> to do? Oh, I think uh, Caleb should do Optimus. Oh, you okay. Do well, I, need to, I need to. Have, I should do Megatron. I need to have the paper in front of me though, so I can. <clears throat> one shall stand, one shall fall. Why do you throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No, I'll crush you with my bare hands. I went British. Okay. <laughs> Since he say okay, I was kind of hoping you would do the Optimus Prime voice you did last week. Where I'm you're trying. Like, One shelf day, and oh, one shall no, no, no. fall. That's just, that's, just, that's just irritating to the listeners. <laughs> so, um, as I mentioned last week, it is like it's obviously we have the benefit of following this movie at along at this pace. And as a kid, I ne- I just never put together that that was the same opening that I didn't was ripped either. open by a devastator, that this was Megatron's entryway into the city. I still don't quite understand his endgame. Why is getting into the city so important? I guess maybe just to kill all the Autobots. And I guess. Kills all- I mean, they've destroyed the city pretty good. Yeah. You'd think that'd be enough of a goal. Like, they've cut off the Energon supply of the Autobots, so... They could just buck up and get out of there. But I guess, I mean, the goal is just kill them all. Yeah, I mean, you might as well push it as far as you can. And yeah, I never, as a kid, didn't put it together that that was the hole the Devastator had made. But when watching it now, that's where I figured it out. Right. So that's also, this is also the part, some of the biggest quotes in the movie. One shall stand, one mm-hmm. shall fall. That's amazing. Like, so you knew that this was going to be the ultimate battle. And it was even more heightened by the commercials. Do you guys remember the commercials for this movie? Not at really. All as a kid, we should put some up on the website um, uh, and maybe tweet some out. But uh, I think the fact that you knew it was going to be an ultimate battle is partially like the marketing that was tied to it. Because I remembered as a kid feeling like like somebody was going to die, and I think that's basically they. Were, I, I copied some of the lines down, like things that like they would say things like, "This is the final confrontation between Optimus Prime and Megatron," and it, some oh. said "Battle of the Death," and they'd always focus on Megatron's cracked face that happens later when he's like, "It's over, Prime," which so is kind of a spoiler. Happened. Like honestly, you never do that really in a trailer now. Probably not. Think. No, the probably. Japanese trailer they show Unicron transforming. <laughs> Although one of the selling points, I guess, is that one of them is going to die, so you got to. Yes, happened. I don't think a lot of kids knew that, judging by the fact that every time this movie is discussed, everyone talks about crying children in the theater. Right. <laughs> that was a thing? Yeah. It was a big thing. Wow. Allegedly, yeah. Supposedly, like, some people's worlds were totally rocked. It was like child PTSD. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves probably a smidge. Yeah, yeah. But Spoiler. also, I was going to say, uh, the, like even the short versions of the ads are basically like, go see Transformers the movie. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Will Prime die? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So we all thought something was going to happen. All signs point to yes. <laughs> something. So and also so also the illustrations of this part so many layers of oh, shading sorry, as, yeah. as they Prime really give it the visual a lot of lighting effects they some, really give it the visual gravitas that like this scene coming up deserves. some scenes are just drawn better than others mm-hmm. oh yeah it, even in this upcoming battle there's some scenes where or some parts where I'm like Ugh, that doesn't look great <laughs> it's just the layers yeah I think I mean yeah I don't know what, how they decide which ones get the time yeah the, at 2017 is what we're looking at with Optimus Prime like a three quarter shot or uh, whatever um, but like the, even the shading on his uh, windows or his uh, uh, windshield look really cool I mean yeah it looks reflective of a torn up environment that's mm-hmm. around him um, I'm assuming that Nelson Shin probably makes that call and is like, this is a moment where we have yeah, to have these guys looking as good as possible. This is a big deal. 
and you know slack on this because it's a fast action <laughs> yeah, sequence. Yeah, we can, or we can gloss over this part. He's had some experience doing the cartoon. He knows what he can get by with. Right. Even Megatron looks great. I yeah. mean, the animation model is perfect. The shading looks great. Um, and that uh, it, not to you know uh, Orson Welles dar like dar uh, moment, but like. Um, Orson Welles kind of pioneered that looking uh, up at a character where you like see the ceiling and you, it makes the character look very large and, and, and powerful and wow. like he was one of the first ones to do that. Those were normally harder shots to get because most because you know, of the studio system. Yeah, there were not ceilings. Well, that and also sets. you couldn't get low enough. Like then when when he was filming um, uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Good God. Uh, when he was filming that, he he actually tore the floor out of the studio so that they could get the shot from that low. Wow, yeah, I think innovator. that's I think that's probably true. He's an innovator. <laughs> I think that I'm not making that up. <laughs> this next shot where Prime is saying um, that's a question you should ask yourself. Again, just the shading. I mean, mm -hmm. we've covered yeah, it obviously, and also and also the angle and just the way that. His body moves, and I've got more actually tied directly to this, don't let me forget, okay. in script deviations. There's a reason why that shot is the way it is that was cut from the movie. Oh. But um, at any rate, so he says that Megatron, uh, I guess, clicks a safety. That's what I was going to bring up too, yeah. At uh, 20 to 27, it's kind of a throwaway thing. Um, Megatron touches his fusion cannon, and you hear a click, which I think, to me, means that he twists that dial and it puts it on safety. Right, I guess so, and I, which is a weird thing to do and never address ever. But it's like it's just a weird detail that I'm like, that's neat. I don't get it, but I like it, I guess. And as a kid, I feel like I picked up that yeah, he's like turning yeah. his cannon off. He could just not pull the trigger of the cannon or set it aside if he's truly being mental trigger. But uh, well, we'll see in a moment. He's, not. he's <laughs> right, right. His uh, his uh, crush you with my bare hands thing doesn't last very long. That's right. So uh, he clicks the safety. They he t lunges towards Prime. They're kind of starting a Greco-Roman mm -hmm. wrestling thing right off the bat here. Some twenty thirty four. Like some static electricity. Electricity sizzles yeah. as they as they hit the floor, um, and then we'll have Hot Rod. God into damn frame. it, Hot Rod! <laughs> and so Hot Rod runs into frame, and he's like, "I gotta help Prime. Yeah. Stay away, lad. That's Prime's fight." I and guess. I mean, Hot Rod doesn't really cut. listen. No. They never listen. We're on that in the next minute. Yeah. If, uh, I were, if I were Cup, though, I'd be like... It is a weird thing about Grabbing him. I get it. No, I would say Cup would be like, yeah, let's help him out. I, yeah, kind of. Like, I have two no, minds about it, too. Yeah, I get it. I get knowing it. what happens. <laughs> well, um, as we get into... I think it is this one on script deviations... Um, there is a little bit more background to why they wouldn't be able to necessarily mm -hmm. help Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, but I think obviously he's saying that's Prime's fight. It's like this, they're having an honorable duel of sorts and to the death. And we want to see that. And we want we to, want see, to see that. We don't want to see anybody get in the way of this hot fight. Rod. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so... Uh, so, uh, Megatron is thrown against a steel wall. Mm -hmm. He kind of shakes it off. Uh, this is the part where the animation's not yeah, great. Yeah, it's not as good. 2043, he picks up, I, I, I guess, just a metal, like, chunk that is a sharp, like, yeah. spear, basically. Right. And then, uh, he hurls it at Prime. God! Like, Jesus! At 2047, the, uh, spear hits Prime in the side, and it's pretty gruesome yeah, yeah it's uh kind of takes him in the abdomen it knocks him back 
Megatron uh, kind of goes against... Just instantly goes back <laughs> on his promise. <laughs> it doesn't work. That wasn't very... At 2048. I'm sure that Prime didn't trust him. No. But, um, and Prime also probably didn't care. So um, Megatron decides to use his fusion cannon. Prime dodges the blast. Although it kind of looks like go? it maybe just singed him. Prime set his gun down. Yeah, like, Dumb. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah it does. I, Cause you know what, I'll have to check the hand. script deviations. Maybe there's a reason for that. or Yeah, or maybe maybe it's because he said, I'll do it with my bare hands, so okay. he put his gun down. But you don't see it. No, it's but, not really addressed. Um, but you'll get back to it later. So he takes a couple shots. Prime runs at Megatron at 2051. Prime just gives him the, the hook of the century and knocks him into the wall again, knocks his arm cannon off, and... Um, yeah, essentially knocks him down for a second. Some debris falls on the arm cannon, and then just I guess uh, what do you what's the word for this? The movie making term uh, where it's just a random thing in a random place to move the story along. Uh, I think you're referring to a MacGuffin, although that's not really what this is. But okay, uh, and this is he picks up basically a lightsaber. Uh, Nelson Shin, animator of the lightsaber in the Star Wars movies. He's like, hey, this is a good idea. But, um, why not? This is a 2058, but also in the script, this is not really deviation, it's just, um, in the script it says he, uh, takes a laser dagger from his boot, where I'm like, is he Leroy Brown? Uh, yeah. bad, bad, Leroy Brown, sorry, the full title. Um, Welcome to uh, our special, uh, guest commentator, <laughs> Jim Croce. That's right. This Croce cast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's the next one, Coach. But in this one, it looks like he just picks it up from the rubble. Yeah, it does not look like it's in his boot. <laughs> which is like, also, BTW, he's not wearing boots. <laughs> right. So, uh, he recovers. Uh, or as, as Meg re- was recovering, by the way, uh, Prime pulled the... Yeah, I don't got time to say Megatron. <laughs> I refer to him as Megs in my in my notes. I meant to say Megs, uh, but thanks for calling it out. So, but Prime pulled the shard at, from his abdomen as Megatron was pulling that knife. So, in our final seconds, he lights up the laser sword. He charges at Prime, and uh, really, uh, kind of right at that twenty. One minute mark, you can see that he kind of nails him. Mm-hmm. Right in the same wound where they, uh, where he hit him with the spear. Right, exactly. Which, um, I mean, I wonder if he's going to keep at that. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's established a, a weak point here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see in further episodes. Um, That'll be a laugh riot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to the end of this minute. Um, do we do want to do voice actors or the deviations? Let's do uh, let's do the voice actors, and then we can do the. Okay. Uh, I, the only thing I do, I, I I'm just I'm gonna if, if there's not a new voice actor, I'm gonna take the time to catch up on people that maybe d- didn't have a voice in the movie, but their characters are represented, mm-hmm. and um, I'll hit two real quick. We t- actually did talk about Clive Reville. Uh, as kickback, but I fell across some interesting trivia randomly. Is that he voiced Emperor Palpatine in the original Empire Strikes Back, Whoa. and then he, but he was replaced. His voice was basically overdubbed by uh, the George Lucas team uh, with Ian Mc. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Ian McDiarmid. Ian McDiarmid. I don't know. Who basically he played the Emperor in. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Jedi and in the prequels and once they kind of re-released the original movies they just so overdubbed his voice theatric- on top of this guy's voice. So in the theatrical release of Empire it was this guy Clive's voice right, and in the back. re-releases it was they just did the actor. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. alright. Whatever. 
All right, whatever. I don't know why you wouldn't just have the actor at the beginning. <laughs> well, I, maybe they hadn't cast him. I can't remember in Return of the Jedi if the Emperor you has a real... Per, or, I'm sorry, yeah, Empire. Does the Emperor have a physical presence? I, no, he's, no he's just a hologram. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So then the other voice actor is uh, for Dirge, and he was voiced by a man named George Bud Davis, and he has an <laughs> interesting Call backstory. Bud. <laughs> That's right. And he's got a kind of an interesting backstory. Um, on Transformers, he actually voiced Dirge, Metroplex, mm. and Predaking, and also a, a, a famous character known as Produce Thrower. So what Jeff, are you guys? talking about? <laughs> Some guy throwing produce at the Autobots. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was robot. That was just his credit. Oh. His credit was produce oh, thrower. God. Um, but unlike our other featured actors, he wasn't really a voice actor. He was more of a character actor in a number of minor roles, uh, including Klingon Assassin Number 1 on Star oh. Trek The Next Generation. Um, but his biggest role, and I've never seen this movie. Maybe you've seen this movie. This is up your alley. I've seen most movies. Um, the 1976 movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. I love that movie, yeah. Have you really that seen it? That is based it? on a real story of a real murderer. Well, he played the Phantom Killer mm -hmm. in that movie. The Phantom of Texarkana is who that movie is based on. So was uh, never caught. Might still be out there today. Oh, Lock your doors. 1976 is when the movie was made. I don't know when. It was shortly before that. It was okay. like two years before that. So there's a huge or list. Or maybe it was the 60s, I'm sorry. But anyway, it was not that long before it. Gotcha. Well, maybe I'll watch it. But so that's that's George Bud Davis. But acting wasn't even really his thing. His thing was stunt. He was a stunt man and a stunt coordinator. This guy's so done it all. His list mm -hmm. of movies that he's done stunts for is a million miles that's long. That's where he got the name Bud. Stuntman <laughs> gave him that name. That's a stuntman yeah, name. Stuntman for sure. <laughs> it is in quotes. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I love it in movie credits when I see people's like nickname in quotes yeah. in the middle of it. I'm like, well, that that guy's got stories. <laughs> I guess it's better than George quote pedophile Davis. Yeah, that one. That guy didn't get a lot of work. <laughs> so Kitty Fiddler <laughs> Davis. <laughs> so he builds violins for children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I don't get invited to the kids' parties. I made this tiny violin. <laughs> It's a kid fiddle. Come on, <laughs> children. <laughs> so, uh, some of the uh, the show te television shows and movies that he either did stunt, stunts or coordinated stunts for uh, included Chips, Twilight Zone, Manhunter, King Kong Lives, Police Academy Five, Assignment Miami Beach. So all just direct to video. <laughs> <laughs> the Blob, Child's Play, Who's Harry Crumb, starring Oh John Candy. Mr. John Candy. Uh, Tango and Cash, Navy Seals, Men at Work, Nothing But Trouble. Remember that movie? Uh, I, oh, if yeah. you if you go through a town, your car breaks down, you might find nothing but trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is bizarre. <laughs> And also, if you are a hip-hop group from Oakland mm -hmm. that ends up in a random small town, as long as you have got an amazing song... It's put on a show, and the judge will be like, dismissed. Get out of it. But if you're a banker... Oh, he does not like... <laughs> he doesn't cotton to that kind of person. Uh, the Naked Gun 2.5, Hook, Tales from the Crypt, Wayne's World 2, Forrest Gump, Contact, Austin Powers, Castaway, and Glorious Bastards. Jesus. Those are just the ones I knew. There was Jesus. like four times the amount of movies. Wow. Which made me think about... Like, he had the number of credits you see most voice actors have, but mm -hmm. this guy but is getting the shit kicked out of him for every single <laughs> one of these episodes. So, 
Anyway, um, I, he appears to still be alive. Yeah, I mean, those are some pretty recent movies. Yeah, Glorious so, Bastards. Yay. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Naked Gun 2, which I think about this. And a half. What, yes, that's right. <laughs> I th- thank you. I think about this more often than I should, but I'm like, ah, those movies have a murderer in him. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to think about. <laughs> uh, alleged. Nah, he did it. I mean, <laughs> not guilty. That's, well, eh. lost the civil trial. That's, that's right. He, he, uh, no. A lot of implications in this conversation. Yep, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. <laughs> uh, oh, I got one more. Uh, you mentioned Dirge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do? Did you have something? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. You mentioned Dirge, and this is like a digression that I just came across looking up like stuff a about. Digression? Dirgression. Caleb shakes his head. Uh, Caleb's just ready to move on. That's right. I think he's already in trouble with his wife right now. Oh. <laughs> hey. He looked at the mic all scary. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Oh, 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 oh. Let's walk that back. Um, anyway, I was looking up because uh, the Coneheads, I don't even know, I don't remember making this note. I was probably several martinis in, but... Um, it's one of the things, though, a way to remember the Conehead names, I, this must be from the TF Wiki, is that the Coneheads, their um, names are things that actually exist, actual words, as opposed to the other seekers like Starscream, because mm-hmm. their names are Ramjet, Thrust, and Dirge, mm-hmm. which are real things like uh, Thrust, I think we all know what that's about, uh, Dirge is a lament for the dead or a song, and then uh, Ramjet we is, don't know is what a... We that's about. That's right. Uh, but that's for you. you. What? <laughs> what happened? Ramjet. Where, where am I? Oh, that's, what, that's my name. West says to you all the time. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Like, do it like that. Ram that jet dick. Or just Ramjet. Ram. <laughs> In that voice. That's very jet. That's sexy. And then you and then you sing a dirge for that pussy afterwards. <laughs> oh, that pussy. <laughs> I came in it. <laughs> that's the song, and it's over. We have gone far afield. Uh, yes, yeah. so that's all. I've got. So wait, what's a ramjet again? A ramjet is a style of engine. It's an. Okay. It's a, it uses airflow uh, intake to uh, create um, acceleration. Okay. Uh, hey, above Mach six is whenever it's most efficient. Okay. Great. Yep. Moving cool. on. Do you guys know what time it is? Uh, it is three fifteen. Rip deviations. <laughs> So, uh, in reference to his battle with the Decepticons in the script, uh, the script mentioned it's, uh, that Optimus Prime is spinning and whirling like the Sundance Kid. <laughs> That's not in mine. He takes a lot out. What? That's what it says. That is very odd. Um, in reference to his truck charge, it says, like a power back, he transforms into truck mode and barrels into them, sending Decepticons flying around like shards of glass hit by a 45. That's a real mixed metaphor. Mm. Why didn't they say shards of glass hit by a like Mack similar. truck? Yeah. Also, it's like we start off with a football analogy and then all of a sudden we're into we're, guns. We're wild west. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, at some point... Uh, What's the football reference? Power, what was it? I'm assuming a, a power back. Isn't that a football thing? Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm surprised I would even say that, knowing as much about football as I do. I think it is. All no, right. I just 
I just glossed over. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so uh, at some point, he becomes engulfed by Decepticons, and we, the viewer, are meant to believe that his attack is foiled. Basically, there's this uh, Megatron turns, on. and there's like a scrum of Decepticons on top of him. That's from, for our UK listeners. <laughs> or Australian. That's right. Uh, and uh, from which Prime then smashes through, and then he engages Megatron in the confrontation. And um, back to what we were talking about earlier when that scene where Prime is up close and it looks like he's kind of lifting himself up. Mm -hmm. I just lifted myself up, so vocally, hopefully, (laughs) that came across. So uh, he lifts himself up. And the reason that happens is because um, as they were engaging in the initial dialogue, um, uh, Dirge took a sneaky leap at Optimus Prime. And while this happens, uh, Prime basically stiff arms him, another football (laughs) reference, uh, turns him upside down with one hand and yes. then drives him head first yes. into the rocky Spike, ground, letting him crumple and there fall. And then that's when, uh, and so that happens, and then Prime he lifts up. himself up and says, that's a question you should ask yourself, I had that, Megatron. I had that too, where it's just such a funny image. And in mine, I think it said he grabs his leg and then pile, like just pile drives him into the ground. He should have done like an underdog villain type of thing where he like tried to shake the loose change out of his <laughs> upside down pockets. <laughs> but um, and then the script also comments on that electricity that encompasses oh. them but it attributes them it says that when they first clash they ran into the wall and hit some electrical panels and causing them to mm. short circuit and so the, and <laughs> the script describes it as a fiery nimbus of crackling electrical energy man somebody was like combing <laughs> the thesaurus they were ever writing this uh, the only other note I have on script deviations is that um uh, early on, apparently, um, me- like what we don't see. So this is written in, and it happened. So I guess it happened from a canon perspective, but we didn't see it because it's during that scene when Hot Rod's like, mm-hmm. "We got to help Prime," and you kind of see him about. scuffling. Uh, but uh, Megatron attempts to kick Prime in the throat. Yeah, and Prime catches the foot and hurls him into the metal pile, and that we see that reaction of that and that's where megatron finds the shard so that's what i so sorry listeners i did not i forgot my script at home but i think i do remember the parts that are deviations on this and uh, it's tough putting this into like a continuity thing because stuff gets shifted around in the movie but there is a part in the script where in between um devastator and this battle kind of uh, we see Ultra Magnus and a bunch of other Autobots where he's actually in truck mode and has them all piled onto his trailer because he's hmm. a car carrier. Mover? Oh, <laughs> he's he's hauling them around. Yeah, and he brings them up to Devastator. They all offload and start fighting Devastator and then, I mean, run away. It's not a very good scene, which is probably why it's not in the movie. Um, so they show up, fight him a little bit. A little bit. And then run away. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, they're a storyboard. They at least storyboarded it. You can find it online if you look. Um, Actually, okay, I have seen those some, some of those storyboards. Yeah, that's right. They, I think Ultra Magnus fires some rockets yeah. at him or something. Okay, gotcha. And I think maybe one or two of those guys, that might be where I think Trailbreaker or somebody dies. Yeah, or, or Smokescreen or something, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only other deviation I had. You covered the other ones. Gotcha. Well, then, Caleb, have you got any deviations? No. All right. All right. Hey, we made it fast for you. <laughs> uh, so next episode, guys, the fight continues. Mm-hmm. There's going to we're going to hear some ocular threats. That's right. Uh, a plea for mercy, and some fucking dumbass is. Gonna <laughs> I wonder who up. it is.
All right, everybody, thanks for listening and thank you for your support. Please tell your friends. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. Mm -hmm. And also, please don't forget to visit our web presence at autopoddeceptacast.com, where honestly, we're kind of keeping a running encyclopedia of all things Transformers the movie on an episode-by-episode basis, so there's a lot of great content there that uh, kind of deviates off of the show. Yeah, and if you do just listen through a, a podcast aggregator. Um, you go to the go to the site because on each of the episodes, uh, you usually put something up there. Like on the last episode, I just put the uh, the, the chappy uh, speech from Iron Eagle uh, is on our is on that page. <laughs> I love that speech. <laughs> so, you got the touch. <laughs> and if you're an iTunes user, please rate and subscribe. Listen, when you do a search for Transformers, our name doesn't even show up yet. I don't. Why? I don't understand why our name doesn't show up and like joesautogarage.com shows up and I, I you know you know what'll help uh, commenting and rating five stars it'll really help us out so I definitely would but appreciate also it. also subscribe to Joe's Auto Garage because it's for all the of the garage talk you can stomach did uh, you guys listen to that episode where he talked about how to stiff customers <laughs> I did. He was like, oh, you need a new Johnson rod in that car. Oh, the Johnson rod, you can't deal without that. Basically, if you're an auto body shop owner and a lady comes in needing car, uh, you know, car fixing, mm-hmm. do you think that gold his, mine, maybe. That's right, because ladies don't know. Do you think that has popped up in the SEO because it involves automobiles and deception? Oh, we got it. We got there. That's why. Let's end on the high note. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Joe. Oh. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to... Autopod Decepticast, After Dark. That's right, and I need you all, my ladies and gentlemen, take off your pants, take off your panties and your underoos, and just let's get sexy with it. As Darkwing Duck used to say, let's get dangerous. Because you know what it means whenever Aaron and Caleb are outside of the room. It means... It is APDC After Dark, APDC AD, Autobot Decepticast After Dark. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we've got all our gear just sticking out there in the wind, anybody will buy and see things touching. What do we have on the docket today? Well, how about we talk about a little bit of, maybe I, let me give myself a drink. Hold on, just one second. That's good. What? What's that you say? Oh, I'm just drinking myself a gin martini. Because that is the sexiest drink that's ever been. Hey, heads up, motherfuckers. Just because you put some alcoholic liquid into a cone-shaped glass does not make it a motherfucking martini. Stop putting that shit on your little pop-up menus on the tables. The Appletini was... The da- the downfall of civilization can be all traced back to it. And you know what? And now, look at the state of our country. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't mean to get political.
It's because all races, creeds, and belief systems are welcome here at APDCAD, where all we care about is fucking... Oh, 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 that was my third orgasm of the day. I'm looking to squeeze in seven more. Ladies, gentlemen, are you feeling me? Yeah, you are, because you're all sexy out there. That's right. Oh, I have a... I know what you've all been clamoring for. You say, hey, Ryan, we would listen to you just sit here and read the phone book. Adams. I don't even, I don't have a phone book because those are things that do not exist anymore. Why do they still send those to my house? Why every goddamn month am I getting a motherfucking phone book delivered to my porch that's going to just sit there for, mm, ever? Until the next one comes, and I'm finally like, God damn it. Basically, they're just saying to me, hey, Ryan, why don't you recycle this for me? <sighs> why are we still printing these things? What the fuck is happening? All right. What else bothers me? Mm, jeans without any pockets on the butt? What is happening with that? That's no good. Uh, let's see what else. What other sexy problems do we have? There was number four. <laughs> now I'm a little bit sleepy, but it's okay. We're going to power through it, ladies and gentlemen, just for you. Let's see. We had all agreed to meet at 2 o'clock. It is now 2.25, and Caleb has yet to show up. This motherfucker right here texts me an hour before we're supposed to meet, and it's all like, hey, can we push this back to 4? No, motherfucker, we can't push it back to 4. I have planned my schedule. <sighs> 226 now only 26 minutes late with nary a text from this guy let's text him right now uh so s-o-o-o question mark is that passive aggressive enough ladies and gentlemen i think so oh here's another gripe why does my phone want to randomly capitalize words in the middle of my sentences fuck's that about i don't need that why would I ever want to do that? And it's not even like their proper names. It's stuff like that. Speaking of the word that, why does my phone want to correct that's to T space H-A-T-S? To hats? Whoever wrote that ever. So as you can see, uh, APDCAD has kind of just turned into Ryan's a bitch session. Uh, maybe we need to reel that back in a little bit, walk that back just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. So we forgot how to be our sexiest selves. Got our phones on to vibrate so that we do not interrupt the flow of the podcast if we ever have a podcast, because it is now 227. I'm gonna be finished. I'm gonna be finished with this martini by the time this piece of shit gets in here. And by piece of shit, I mean one of my best friends ever. <laughs> of course, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's see what's in the news. According to Uberfax, the right testicle of most men is larger and sits above the left. So most of us are right testied. Speaking of being right or left-handed, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that about 90% of people are right-handed? Nobody really understands why left-handed people even still exist. It should have evolutionarily been bred out of us. You left-handed freaks. So, why are you sticking around? Because you're stubborn? Is that what we're talking about? Left-handed people are stubborn, but they're also very sexy. 
yeah, you jerk that dick. You wet. You rub that clit with your left hand all over the place. You make it all wet and sloppy. Did you know that most animals are split about 50-50 as to right or left-handed? Humans are an anomaly, much like parrots. Most parrots are left-handed. Or left-footed, I should say. What the fuck is that about? It is now 2.31. I'm going to kill him. You know what? I'll just say it. I like a nice wedge salad. Big old chunk of iceberg, blue cheese all over the top of it. Yeah, nutritionally, it has almost no value whatsoever, but I like the crunch. Maybe a few bacon bits on top of that. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, yeah, wedge. Oh, I think the motherfucker in question just walked through the door. This, this hostility will not stand. Here they come. All right. Ta-ta for now. TTFN. Ladies and gentlemen, rub your uh, pussy, stroke you know, your dick. Bye-bye. Kind of I'm sure. Between the, yeah. between the groups.